Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch. Brought to you by Punchbowl News, it is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, how the three Johns in the Senate are approaching immigration reform. Number two, Representative David Schweikert, the Republican from Arizona, and one of the founding members of the House Freedom Caucus is leaving the conservative group. And number three, Jim Banks gets a big endorsement from Senate GOP leadership. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We have a really interesting top here, uh, a topic we talk a lot about is kind of the future of uh, Republican leadership in the Senate in a post-McConnell uh, world, which will happen at some point. Uh, we don't know when. And often that focuses on uh, the three Johns, uh, Senators John Barrasso, John Cornyn, and John Thune. Today's top is looking at it through the lens of immigration reform, and in particular, Cornyn's uh, continued kind of leadership on this dicey issue. Yeah, well, first of all, we didn't talk about the fact that it's Groundhog Day where educated people take uh, a rodent for whether there will be a more, more winter or not. Um, do you have any thoughts on Groundhog Day? I'm really glad we were starting with these asides now. You know, I try to get right into it <laughs> well, for our listeners. And then you just pull us back into a, some, a sidebar, whether it's food or different things. Uh, I don't have a huge, huge thoughts on it. I did like the Groundhog, the movie Groundhog yes, Day. For those listeners flick. who are uh, of a different generation, check it out. It was, it was a pretty good one. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we're not going to talk about Groundhog Day. Yeah, so the the, the big question, and I, I'm very bearish on immigration reform. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen this Congress because I think um, usually on these issues, the right ans- the easy answer is the right answer. And I just don't see House Republicans being interested in any sort of immigration reform um, now, later, or ever. Um, any immigration reform that gets 60 votes in the Senate. Now, could I be wrong? Sure, there could be some sort of crisis that um, that pushes Biden to the table on immigration reform, but I, I don't I don't see it. But the, the interesting thing is this proxy battle between Cornyn, John Cornyn of Texas, and on the other side, John Thune and John Barrasso of South Dakota and Wyoming, um, uh, respectively. And uh, Cornyn is the... You know, going back to last Congress, Cornyn is the guy who wants deals. He's the guy who um, who was involved with with was the lead Republican on 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 gun control on on the gun control bill. Um, that was a, a huge risk for Cornyn and one he took and when he got across the finish line. He also, um, you know, uh, there's other things he was peripherally involved with police reform, kind of, uh, you know. Uh, so there was a lot of things that Cornyn, you know, Cornyn's view is like, I'm in the Senate. Like, why don't I get some deals done? Um, Thune and Brasso uh, are are trying to take, you know, take the more uh, conservative flank, I would say, which is, uh, uh, I, you know, I think that's where the conference is, m- more or less. But um, I just find it interesting, you know, the 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 dichotomy here and the the um, uh, contrast between the two polls, between Cornyn 
through an embrasso uh, here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is just kind of the ongoing coverage that we have here, looking at kind of where the different poles are staking out their territory. Again, to your point, I think Cornyn uh, had a lot of success, made choices that surprised some of the conservatives, particularly when it came to the uh, gun reform legislation last Congress, um, and is even saying, like, you know, I, I'm here to do things. I'm not here to just be in the Senate to to not get things done. I, I think he's not Pollyannish about the opportunities for immigration, right? I think, obviously, everybody understands it would be extremely difficult, but he says in, in the item, and uh, truthfully, that, you know, this is a huge issue in Texas, right? A border state, and he wants to take take some leadership on it. So I'm um, going to be interesting to see just again that this proxy battle uh, and what's kind of happening behind the scenes as uh, different folks tee up their different power bases and, and leadership styles, frankly, uh, ahead of the and sometime, you know, date uncertain when McConnell is no longer leading Senate Republicans. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Jake, super interesting item you have here on David Schweikert, the Republican from Arizona, one of the founding members of the House Freedom Caucus, telling us on Wednesday that he is leaving the conservative group. Um, what say you? Yeah, this is um, this is fascinating to me. I talked to uh, I talked to Schweikert for a while yesterday. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Number one. Um, I, I want to set the stage by saying that Schweikert only won in 20, what year are we in, in 2022 by less than a point. Um, and uh, so, you know, he's got political issues. I don't want to call it issues, but he doesn't represent the conservative district that he once represented when I first met him and I first started covering him back in the early 2010s when he beat uh, Ben Quayle in a very nasty primary, extraordinarily nasty primary, member-on-member primary after redistricting. Um Schweikert was kicked off the Financial Services Committee in 2012 by John Boehner for voting against leadership too often, a a move that even I think Boehner today would say probably didn't do him any favors, do Boehner any favors, that is. Um, But Schweikert is basically sick of being associated with the Freedom Caucus, the state Freedom Caucus in Arizona. Um, And and quite frankly, the Freedom Caucus has lost the plot a little bit. I mean, this was a a group that started with the um, idea of keeping the House rules um, uh, with basically adherence to the House rules. And it's turned into basically a cult for Donald Trump and somebody and a group that's basically against the leadership um, in in every respect for for reasons that make sense and reasons that don't. Um, So. An interesting turn of the screw for the Freedom Caucus, which we, you and I and, and many other people uh, of our of our generation, Matt Fuller, Bresnahan, Matt Fuller was one of the first people now at the Huffington Post who who recognized the power of the Freedom Caucus um, when a lot of us, the rest of us, were kind of dismissing it as as a joke. Um, so um, I am, um, you know, I, I think this kind of does represent a um, a full circle moment for the Freedom Caucus in many respects. Uh, and one that and one that I think is interesting and and we'll I don't know if it'll reverberate. This is just one member, but people will find this interesting. 
For sure. I mean, I think it just also shows the different iterations, right? The the a lot of the original Freedom Caucus members, Mark Meadows, no longer a member of it, obviously not in Congress anymore. You have Jim Jordan, who's aligned himself now with uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Uh, you have this different generation. I think it's going to be interesting to see as this kind of Congress plays out. How do they either kind of come to the, the the kind of similar leadership style where it's all for one and one for all? Or in a lot of ways, what we're seeing is different members of the Freedom Caucus really kind of take their pet causes, take their pet issues, whether it's Chip Roy, whether it's Matt Gates, um, and, and kind of focus on that. So um, but but him dropping out certainly says something about just kind of the reality of politics and politicians, right? The district that he represents is no longer, you know, hyper conservative. It, it has uh, other kind of areas and, and suburbs that, um, you know, aren't aren't as interested in kind of the Freedom Caucus uh, politics and if nothing else, the, the the moniker and the name and what it stands for, to your point, and this kind of uh, tribalism of, of, you know, kind of focus on former President Donald Trump. Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Sen- Senator John Barrasso is the first member of the Senate Republican leadership to endorse Jim Banks and his candidacy for Senate in Indiana. Yeah, man, this race is getting off to a hot start here. And the only person that's hot is Jim Banks at the moment. He's got Trump's he's got Donald Trump's uh, nod to the extent that matters. I think it does in Indiana. Um, But no one else is in this race in a meaningful way. I mean, Mitch Daniels, the former Republican governor who um, uh, also the former president of the of Purdue University um, has said he's not going to run. I didn't think he had much of a chance anyway. I thought that was overplayed by the media. Um, uh, is out. He's not going to run. Victoria Sparts, a House Republican from Indiana, she kind of says she's looking at it. Um, but you know, Banks got out of the gate quickly. I mean, these races are are typically in primaries are one before they kind of kick off and 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 Banks seems to have locked down basically every important endorsement so far. Now, um uh including the NRSC, which uh, we noted in the afternoon edition, I believe it was yesterday, Andrew uh noted this, um that Steve Daines, the chair of the NRSC, basically said Banks is one of our top recruits. This comes after a cycle where Rick Scott didn't get involved in primaries much to his you know, uh, a very controversial decision. So, I mean, Danes has basically thrown the NRSC behind Banks, and um, uh, it's over in that respect. But, you know, he still has to win the primary, and there's a long way until the primary. And I, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, who should we be watching out for here? Like, who else could get in? And this person said to me, basically, any self-funder could be the the challenge for somebody like banks right like if you get somebody who's willing to spend 20 million of his own dollars and it's a republican and whatever like that would be the person that could hit him at this point um so you know that's kind of that's kind of where we are all right with that thanks so much for listening we appreciate it just a reminder this morning i'm going to be interviewing transportation secretary pete Buttigieg at 9 a.m in a virtual conversation you can sign up to watch that uh, at our events hub at punchbowl.news. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.